Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Thursday Night Comic Book Jack Chat presented by Brothers Comics, uh, where we walk you through some classic X-Men stories to try to connect them with the current continuity. On the line tonight are my two favorite mutants. Uh, on the line tonight is the Sandman. Sandman, say what's happening. Konnichiwa, fellow mutants. Glad to be back. All right. And then also on the line tonight is Brother Beavis. Brother Beavis, say what's up. Hey, yo, what's up? All right. Yeah, so we have been away for a while from the Thursday night comic book chat, and uh, I kind of wanted to kind of walk us up to where we were when we left off. Um, the X-Men had just gone through this whole thing with Forge and whatever that Native American villain was, and they've been sent through the Siege Perilous. Is, is that correct? That's they were not correct. sent through yeah. the Siege Perilous. They were given the Siege Perilous. Okay, they yeah. were given the Siege Perilous as a... a a sign to to I don't know as a sign to, to it was there so they at the end of at the end of Fall of the Mutants they all die to sac- they sacrifice themselves to to forge and it's like symbolic because it's the same amount of people in his company that he killed in order to open the rift in the first place so yeah, they right. all die yeah. but Roma instead of making the adversary dead Roma reduces his sentence to like a hundred years in the afterlife. And so to compensate, she brings the X-Men back. And she offers them the chance to start over with new lives. So all they have to do is go through the Siege Perilous. So they take the Siege Perilous, but they don't opt to go through it. Right. And as a part of that, everybody does think that the X-Men are dead. And as a part of being in the Siege Perilous, too, when they do show up for things, like people can see them physically, but if somebody tried to film them uh, with their camera phone, not then, uh, if anybody <laughs> tried to film them with a camera or anything like that, they just show up as, like, like Dracula-like figures where you can't actually see them. So after the situation that happens, uh, there's a couple of issues that are in between. Like, one's like a, a, a morning episode, issue where it's like, oh, you know, the X-Men died and Nightcrawler's all upset or whatever. And then I think there's a long shot single story of some sort. So the, um, there's the Dazzler is like a recap one where like some dude finds out that they're dead and he's thinking about how he crossed paths with Dazzler and Wolverine. It's mm-hmm. pretty, it's straight filler story. And then it's the reverse and then it's the long shot. Thanks. Okay. Right, yeah. Right. And, and I did, I put in the, the email or text that I sent you guys wanted to just kind of spend a little bit of time on the reverse because the, the, the heavy thing that comes out of that is that the X-Men wind up taking over their headquarters. The Reavers are using Gateway, the Aboriginal Australian, uh, to mm-hmm. go essentially just to rob banks and stuff. You know, they're just criminals. And they yeah. use Gateway to open up gateways and to go and robbing things. And right. the X-Men find out about it. It's, one, it's really one of their first mission, missions uh, after going through the Siege Perilous. And then they take over the... Um, the headquarters or whatever of the Reavers. Uh, any thoughts on the Reavers, Brother Beavis, as a group? Because they continually make their way back into the X-Men book. Yeah, I mean, they're they're really kind of strange at this point. They're almost like, almost like a counterpart or almost equivalent to like the Marauders, except instead mm-hmm. of being mutants, they're cyborgs. Yeah. And... The, you know they have they have some scrubs and they have like four name dudes that have like kind of weird powers that they try to explain between technology. So they they don't really make a lot of sense, but they do become more significant. They do hang around, right? And they also kind of get the call up for the Logan movie, kind of sorta. 
Uh, sort of, yeah. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, just like everything yeah. in that X-Men movie universe, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah the X-Men can, movies cannot fully commit to just about <laughs> anything. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So that's where we are getting up to 232, where we have the return of the brood. Um, a couple of things. One, uh, Mark Silvestri is, has hit his stride uh, in these runs of books here. Um, yeah. Holy cow. Uh, from covers yeah. to inside the and the books, I mean, he's really hit his stride. And two, we get the Brood back. We did a whole podcast on the Brood, the original Brood story, um, and then the X Men have changed in terms of the team and in terms of attitudes uh, a lot in those what uh, seventy plus issues. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, so as a return for the Brood, are you okay with the Brood coming back, uh, Sandman? I guess I'm okay with it. It seemed like a strange um, insert at this time. It was like, you know, after um, Fall of the Mutants and all that happened with that, and um, right before this eventually leads into Inferno, this was, I thought it was kind of a strange, almost like filler in a way. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, they, 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 they still exist, don't they? And right. uh, complete with uh, Magic Space Shark. I kind of laughed when I was rereading this uh, this afternoon. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, so we're going to do this again. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it it, it it does make for uh, entertaining three uh, books, I have to admit, as much as I may make fun of it. Okay. You okay with the brood making their return, Brother Beavis? Yeah, I think, you know, it's hard to imagine that a whole race would be wiped out. So it's not unreasonable to me that they'd be back. And to me, it's almost like, you know, they got defeated. They encountered these mutants sort of like for the first time and got defeated by them. So now they're trying to, you know, kind of explore that and become that um, and even sort of grow and mutate from what they are, become even more dangerous than they already are. Right. And uh, Sandman hinted at this as they're making their way back. One, it's a great cover on 232, which is the brood is back. Um, There's a little recap of where the X-Men had been and a a weird thing with Lorna and Alex uh, on their vacation in Mexico because they're like, and down the street, Earthfall is the name of the issue, Chris Claremont and Mark Silvestri. Um, Okay, you got black people camping. Okay, so (laughs) there was already a problem. You knew something was going to happen. Yeah, Yeah. you knew something was up. Like, okay, y'all got black folks out camping, so somebody almost died. You almost want to say, hey, wait a minute. You know, it's one of those. Yeah, it's a little bit much. Um, And then, essentially, there's a giant shark that comes and falls out of the sky. Now, um, (laughs) I can only speak for me as a black person. Typically speaking, though, (laughs) um, when things go down, we are generally not the first to run towards danger. Um, not towards it. Um, yeah, and and they, they kind of make this thing that they're the two people, or at least one of them's like, come on, let's go over there and explore. Yeah, not so sure about that. Um, yeah, they've already they've already funny. felt like, yeah they've already felt like three rules in a horror movie. You know, they'd already yeah. did by now. You know, so yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of funny. <laughs> the black the guy is like, go camping with black people. <laughs> But, and the funnier part, too, is is the black dude does realize that he's black shortly after the shark thing. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, yeah, yeah. no, we need to call the Avengers, the Fantastic Four. We need to call somebody. Let them handle that. And they're like, hey, wait, this is the, this mm-hmm. is the X-Men. This cast don't show up in this neighborhood. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah the, black dude, uh, the black dude's got a look on his face that's priceless. That's like, yeah, it's priceless. I, yeah. I don't know about this. No, yeah, about this little, little coon yeah. face. Yeah, it, it is. A little bit it coon really face. is. He yeah, looks it like is. the dude from uh, Westworld, but that, he wasn't around at this point. Mm-mm. Okay, so my app just crapped out. Jinx. Oh, okay, yeah. so, um, uh, yeah, so he, of course, the black lady is the first one to get it. Uh, who gets eaten by the shark? And yeah, deep blue sea moment. Yes, yeah, deep blue sea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very much. So. And um, and she gets eaten, and then everybody else winds up running or trying to run away from this, either getting killed, and then of course the blonde-haired, blue-eyed white guy is the one to survive the whole attack. Um, <laughs> but in, in effect, but he's actually been implanted with a brood egg. He just doesn't know it. And so the book is in like kind of I put it into like kind of four different parts. Okay, so the first part is um, them getting attacked by this shark-like type creature and then getting, uh, uh, you know, him doing there. And then two, the second part is him going, and now he's being attacked by the brood or he's been implanted with a brood egg, going back to his regular job, but as his, like, real self, on the outside looking like himself, but then going and answering paramedic calls with his partner and... um, the people being uh, the people that they keep picking up happen to be mutants, and they keep implanting the mutants with brood eggs to give the the brood special mutant powers. And you were saying, brother, Beavis, like on their return visit, they're trying to become or you know the, to beat the mutants. They think they need to be part mutant, I guess. Yeah, I think they said something about the heinous. They hate us because they anus or something like that. So they're trying <laughs> to take over the mutant. Power. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's actually there's also a good sort of Claremontian callback. So right before Polaris became uh, got hooked up with the the Marauders, they were on Alice. vacation and their car got driven off the road. And this is that mm-hmm. scene now. The car, mm-hmm. the reason the car drove them off the road is because it had a freaked out brood implanted guy uh, no, in a fit of hysteria. So so, that's so this about. is okay. this is this is like so this is months ago. That this happened, right. and now he sort of resumed normal life. Wow. Right. And that's a good catch there, too. Um, I was looking at this, and I'm looking at it now as I'm going through this, the book, and I'm like, man, the, the brute still kind of freaked me out a little bit. And I know it's just an alien, like, ripoff, but it's still kind of freaky. Um, like, yeah. just for me. Like, I don't I don't really care for it still, you know, visually too much. Um, but, yeah, so he gets caught. They start implanting mutants or whatever, and then the next shift of the book, because there's very distinct shifts in these these three issues in particular. The next shift is back to Australia. Now, Madeline Pryor was with them when the Marauders attacked out in San Francisco. She was rescued, and she's been chilling and hanging with the X-Men through this whole process, all the way through the thing in Dallas, and now with the Siege Perilous or whatever, and now back to the Australian outback. Um, She is still alone. Her husband is still tramping off with his um his uh OG tramp, and um <laughs> and she's just chilling and she's using Gateway to open up gateways to go shopping and doing those types of things, getting groceries. X Men may or may not be there when she gets back. You know, she went out and got her hair did. She got this little mm-hmm. green dress on. Yeah, nice you know, outfit. Yeah. Hey Gateway, you want to holler? He's like, hey, I'm trying to holler at you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Gateway could have got him some, man. Yeah, he them. wasn't trying to holler, man. It was just nothing. So Madeline Pryor is an island to herself, 
And she's and become the guy in the chair, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, she is. Yeah. yeah, she is the guy in the chair and the, the, the freaking oracle. And as a part of her oracle-type duties, she's checking out news broadcasts or whatever, and she sees Scott with Gene. And this is the first time that she knows that Gene is back. And I didn't. I, I thought for some reason she already knew. And she gets upset. She's mad. I mean, and her dialogue is like, you loving her the way nobody ever loved me or you never loved me. I mean, she really yeah. has it, you know. Yeah, she punches the hell out of that screen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, waiting to exhale moment, she would have set Cyclops' car on fire. So, mm. um, <laughs> I mean, it would have been really bad had he been around. And, you know, boom, she hits the, the screens and knocks herself out somehow. But we also see, like, wait a minute, why is she so strong that she can knock out a whole screen or whatever? And this is, you know, mm. we already know this or whatever. This is leading us up to Inferno. Now, Brother Beavis, when did you read this group of books? Like, were you still reading this in reverse? I I think I was. Um, yeah, I think I was. I think, you know, it's you really have to be an adult and pay attention to pick up all these threads. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it's hard, and particularly, I think, in reverse, it's hard to put it all together. I mean, because at best you go back and go, oh, that does seem kind of familiar. But, yeah, mm-hmm. no, this is the typical Claremont groundwork Um as to what this would become. I'm I'm looking forward to reading Inferno again because I'm not sure I understood it the first time. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, you ain't the only yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but Inferno is read... a little bit different from like Fall of the Mutants because I think there is more of a crossover there. Like Fall yeah, of the Mutants and Mutant Massacre, they were mm-hmm. it happened in all the books, but the characters didn't interact with each other. And Inferno is now where you start to have these big events. Yeah. And it crosses over right. a lot into X Factor. Um, because of oh, the yeah. relationship between Gene and Madeline. Sam, man, did you read these, like, kind of, you, I mean, you always said that you mm-hmm. kind of came back into these books on the, the latter part of it, right? Right, right, yeah. And um, um, and no, um, um, no, um, uh, God, I'm a tongue-tied. Mark Silvestri, his artwork was one of the reasons I came back. You were uh, talking about him earlier. But his, oh, yeah, he is right, uh, drawing his ass off in these books for one thing. Yeah, I was yeah. like, damn, this artwork is the shit. And, you know, and mm-hmm. I had already, I was already back before this, but um, the Fall of the Mutants, um, right after the, you know, shoot, probably early 200s, you know, I was back and I stayed with it because of his artwork was, one, was so good and crazy as the stories were, they were still, you know, keeping me entertained. So, right. yeah. I didn't know exactly I, what the hell was going on, but yeah, I, I stayed through this whole, uh, this whole These are books that I went these are books that I went back and had to collect back in the day, um, yeah. you know, bit by bit, uh, piece of mail. I mean, some of them might be those, you know, the X-Men classic because I couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, afford the uh, the other book. And, you know, it it, mm-hmm. it still read or then it read kind of weird. And to be honest with you, I kind of skipped over a lot of these books and Inferno as well to get to like kind of 250 and beyond. And because that's kind of when I really started to um, get back into collecting. But, um, yeah, I'm just kind of reading this now. It's just like, oh, this is a filler story in terms of what's going to happen after it, it is a total three-issue filler. Um, but it's a good one, though, you know, because you get a chance to get a villain that you're all familiar with. And, you know, there's nothing like beating up robots and uh, monsters <laughs> because you can unleash Wolverine, which we'll get to here a little bit later. Yeah. Um, Justice League season yeah. one, we're looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so... 
Yeah, so the the gentleman who survived the attack, um, he's making his way in Denver back to his apartment. He doesn't know he's been implanted with a brood egg, um, but other people do. And he goes back into his apartment, and the jig is up. Colossus is there. Now, Colossus has made another uniform change. Now, he's just panties and boots. Um, <laughs> I actually thought that was kind of practical, yeah, because he's always tearing up his outfits anyway. So I was like, eh, he's yeah, he's got the drawers and some well, pants. Their question yeah. is, does he have the magical blue pants as part of this? Yeah. <laughs> he can't change. Yeah, he, he can't really change back, so. Yeah. Oh, this is, um, yeah. So, yeah, so. They're like, hey, man, you, you need some help. He do gets super strong and hulks up and starts throwing people and everybody away. Psylocke is sort of useless in this regard sometimes, too, because oh, she's not that a ninja. I thought this was a Teen Titans crossover. I thought that was <laughs> Raven. <laughs> man, change the color. It won't be Raven, yeah. Yeah, it's not that far off. Um, mm-hmm. And so he takes out two X-Men, and he's like, man, I don't know what's going on. I'm on the go. How did I pick that dude up? <laughs> <laughs> Havoc is out there again. I got it in my notes here. Um, Havoc and Colossus is acting like some hoes. Um, if if you like if new. you like Cyclops because he's a bitch about his powers, you will oh, love God. Havoc. Havoc is even worse than Cyclops. <laughs> Cyclops will get stuff done, man. He's hemming and hawing and oh, like, oh, I can't, I can't shoot him. Oh, I'll kill him. Oh, God, useless fucker. Yeah, his redemption story Do does something. come, but yeah, it, it, yeah, it's really bad. Eventually, I was just like, man, come on. I mean, Colossus is the same way, who's already fought uh, initially, had already fought the brood before, yeah, so, you know, and he almost died. Like they, Well, that was death. Oh, yeah. Stuck that thing through his heart. But, I mean, still, he, he knows, like, how bad they are. So yeah, he, he was, you know, very, you know, I don't know. And and Colossus has kind of changed over the course of these books since the the, yeah. the mutant massacre and since yeah, the Marauder thing say. too. So yeah, he's gotten a little bit harder. And yeah, he broke that dude's neck. Not going to take yeah. out these monsters. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know why he's yeah. What well, his deal I, is? I think yeah. here he just he you know clearly by his Russian dialogue he got surprised. <laughs> Um, by this guy just <laughs> lifted him up like yeah, that and threw him yeah. out the window. Yeah. Oh, she moved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. He, he gets offense in this. He starts yeah, he does. Later. breaking checks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, later. Later. The comic book battle ensues. Everybody's, you know, doing what they can because they're not 100%. They think it, they know he's a brood, but they, he's in his human form, so they don't want to hurt him and whatnot. But Wolverine's like, no, bump that. That dude is dead. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as that thing happened, I smelled, I smelt it on him. He is dead. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Nick, I'm sure. He is dead. Like, we need to kill him. Yeah, right. <laughs> you mean? Like, the book? Yes, I'm sure. Literally. Like literally, the book ends on like a four-panel dialogue of basically uh, him, her, and Col- or her and Wolverine and Storm. Like, yeah, no, this has to stop now. Like, yeah. we gotta get this like over and immediately. Um, and the funny thing is, like, they never even references Storm's freaking weirdo transformation when she had the brood egg <laughs> and rescued the starfish oh, whale. Oh, that's right. Like, they don't even wow. reference it because I think I, I think the drugs had finally worn off. <laughs> I mean, because maybe they knew at that point in time that that was maybe not the greatest story to tell at that time. Just a side topic. Could you imagine had we asked him, Sandman, to explain that at Megacon? 
Could you explain the um, the whale fish thing and that? (laughs) He'd be like, "What is there to explain? Wasn't it perfectly clear in the comic books?" (laughs) And then he would have spent the next half hour explaining just you know half hour behind his oh yeah yeah half hour. Yeah, because yeah, dude, yeah, you can you can well, this is kind of going back a little bit, but like when we were at Comic Con in the panel, man. Dude just breaks it down ridiculously. I mean, I and I kind of just was not just like, oh, well, this is why. That's where all that dialogue came from. Now it makes sense. Yeah, it, I mean, it yeah. all makes perfect sense when you're hearing perfect talk. sense. You talk to him. Talk to him. Wow. Okay. So yeah. So that's the end of issue two thirty two. Wolverine headed out essentially into the shadows to go find this, and when they finally get near the end, he says. <laughs> He pulls a uh, he pulls a Winter Soldier on the dude. Uh, oh. He pulls him out the car. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls him out the van, man. Uh, but he doesn't he doesn't kill him. He's just on the run, and it ends in it ends in I I call it a, a West Side Story panel at the end, <laughs> like we're all all, right. all the brood are in the yeah. alley, I'm waiting for him to be like brood, straight up gang fight, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's, <laughs> it's really all them hanging there, and you know, the other part that I had in my note here was Rogue is kind of useless in this, who shouldn't be against the brood, mm-hmm. she should actually be one of the best ones, and she should be the strongest so one much. against them, no, yeah, not well, at all. Yeah, this is our first time though, right? Yeah, uh, facing the brood, yeah. Yeah, she didn't go up against them the first time because she wasn't on the team. But, right. yeah, it's it's not a good look. But, yeah, so, I mean, standard comic book battle. Wolverine does make a kill on another brood, uh, a police officer, no less. And everybody's like, you lost your mind. Like, I'm telling you, they're broods. <laughs> I smell them. Stop stopping me from killing people, you know. Yeah. And, again, Sylvester's drawing Wolverine, money in the bank, people. Yeah, it's amazing. Thing. He's so freaking yeah. awesome. Oh my god! Like you can tell, like why this dude wound up leaving in Top Cowan or whatever because he was. I mean, he was just on the money, man. So yeah, this great artwork, yeah. a great yeah. little story for two thirty two, and it ends on the hip, the freaking uh, West Side Story cliffhanger. <laughs> any any thoughts on two thirty two before we get to two thirty three, brother Beavis? Um, n- no, the it's the. I have some thoughts on 233 in particular, but 232 is just like, you know, the setup for what's to come. And so, you you know, if you're thinking it's, oh, it's the brood and they implant and this and that, so now we're going to mm-hmm. find out there's more to it. There, I would also say I think this is the introduction of the X-Men anim- animated series Storm costume. Yeah. So yeah. Yes. So right. So they're starting. We're starting to get into some of the you know the the iconic storm imagery. So well, and Dazzlers yeah. haven't. And that this is yeah. right. This should be before uh, Pride of the X Men as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see that outfit uh, for Dazzler as well. Yeah. Uh, we haven't it. talked to her at all, but she's um. You know, there's a like a lot of video games. There's usually a character that's like a blaster that can do damage and can't take any damage. And that's definitely yeah. her. Like she's like, <laughs> I got this laser, I got this photon, but oh, yeah. I just like fell and yeah, she's like she gets taken out. Like she can take people out, but she gets taken out a lot. Yeah, I think she doesn't finish the long shot series. By the way, ooh, yeah, oh. we're pulling up two thirty three. Go ahead and give a, a hundred words delay on that. Like it doesn't really explain anything other than he is this he's this uh engineered sort of 
like so in Mojo World, they they wanted to create this nightmare race of people, and for the night uh, the nightmare for the spineless Mojo people was humans because they were terrified of like the human form. So they created all these basically human looking slaves to be either slaves or on the television programming or whatever. And one of the architects of that race infused Longshot with this will to to save everybody. So it doesn't say what like his, so it starts off and he's just like, he's been progressively mind wiped and he doesn't really know what his true story is. And they really don't get into it. And then he's introduced in the X-Men in an annual. They just, they go to Mojo World and he gets dropped in them and then he just stays with them. That that's it. It doesn't make any more sense than that. Crazy, yeah. And and again, my understanding is he's actually not a mutant, right? He's just a no, like a no, he's, he's a mutant life form. Yeah, you can make the argument that of all the of of people that are similar to him, he's slightly different. So, mm. like mm. you know, much in the same way, Namor is a mutant because he's not mm. like other Atlanteans. But mm. beyond that, no, not really. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. He sucks. I mean, the fact that he's still <laughs> gone out of these books 30 years later is probably yeah. not a coincidence. Yeah, that's um, and, and not only that, but, you know, they had, he and Dazzle were in the book for so long. And then at the uh, at the Blue Gold Split, they just kind of disappear. disappear. And there's like yeah. one more story with them, but they don't even really mm-hmm. say what's up with that. And I just, they just, they really did just go away. Yeah. I mean, in, it's not the, I mean, Dazzler's back in the current continuity a little bit. Um, I know she was a a good part of the X-Men versus the Inhuman story. But for the most part, I mean, and nobody cares about Dazzler. I mean, that's I think that's very, fairly safe to say. Um, and then so nobody definitely hug. cares about Longshot. Yeah, except, except Big Hug. He's got all those books. Yep. Missed the podcast, you get clowns. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's tenant number one. All right. So, all right. So, two thirty-three, and it's saying that the books are out two week, uh, two times, two on sale two times a month. And I wasn't collecting at the time. I was just kind of curious as to why they were back to two times a month uh, at this particular point. Um, They're trying to get that very money, son. Yeah, get that yeah. money. It was very interesting that Mark Silvestri was able to get out um, two books a month there. But he was impossible to try to get out one book every six months uh, when he was working independently. But whatever. That was before, you know. he, that was before he got imagitis. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Look, man, sometimes the slave overlord is a good idea. Uh, that's all <laughs> I'm saying. Joey Maggiore, I'm still waiting on Battle Chasers number seven. All right? It's only been 15 years. All right. Anyway. So uh, if this two thirty two ended on, um, we might need to do like an image number one podcast. I'm pretty sure I have most of those number ones somewhere in this house. I know I don't. Uh, I was never nah. a fan. Yeah, I, uh, I can't. I, nah, I, mean, I didn't go side, side topic. Yeah. I'm, I came to hate just about every person that came out of that, at least on the the break off run. From Jim Jim Lee to Liefeld to even to Mark Silvestri a little bit. Definitely life is, but uh, well, yeah, whole yeah, whole another podcast. All right. Anyway, so two thirty-three, you have this battle Roth about to open up right there with all the brood are there um, and about to have the battle out of um, West Side Story, Um, and then it just goes into classic comic book battle stuff. Everybody's going around. Everybody gets a chance to use their powers. Everybody gets a little bit of offense here and there. My first note for two thirty-three, though. Two notes: Colossus and Havoc still being bitches, and then two, 
Um, <laughs> the brood villains have some awful names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The worst part is they yeah. have to say it before Brick they back. can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> brick back. Brick back. Yeah, when I saw that, yeah. Because I hit like a brick in a bat. Oh. Yeah, he even explains it. Yeah, it's awful, yeah. dude. That's yeah. precious. Yeah, that's yeah. awful. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's really, really bad. Um, and then what <laughs> were some of the other ones? Temptress, tension. Um, it's just really, really bad. Um, and they're doing their best to kind of take control of them. My my thing is, is that Rogue, yeah, a dive bomber, yeah. Rogue and Tyler oh, get taken out really early in this, and they get um, uh, kind of like mind control. So I have mm-hmm. no idea why they didn't implant them though. Yeah, like well, because there, there, yeah. there are no Akanti around to to reverse the process. So mm. Mm. noted. <laughs> <laughs> noted. Um, so yeah, uh, Havoc is still being a hoe. But if I shoot him, I'll kill him with my my powerful gosh. I don't want to. How would yeah. he live this long? I mean, good lord, how but how bitch made you got to be? Good grief. Yeah. I know. So yeah, nope. it's just um, yeah, it, it's just bad. Um, and then again, Rogue gets touched uh, by a brood thing, and then she winds up getting taken over. And then they're both going uh, after Wolverine. Now this is Wolverine where he actually <clears throat> does show some restraint. Like, man, how do I hurt them without killing them? And the fact yeah. that he does uh, restrain himself winds up him getting kind of beat down a little bit, and winds up him getting implanted with a brood egg again. But how did the brood not know that that wasn't going to work out? Because it didn't work out the first time. Well, maybe mm. they were just convinced to try and redeem their greatest defeat. <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe all I got. somebody forgot seventy issues ago that that shit didn't work the first time. Well, this is a mutant, but it's a sure mutant egg now. It's a who? A mutant a mutant, egg? a mutant brood egg, though. Sure. Yeah, it's a different podcast, but nigga, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pushing comic book logic on this one. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It's because comics. I mean, and I get yeah. that. Um, but the other shift in this book goes to this, and this is really random as hell. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what the payoff is because there has to be a payoff somewhere because Claremont wouldn't do this without a payoff. The other payoff mm-hmm. is, or random thing is there's this big freaking Jesus revival thing going on in Denver at the same yes. time. Yeah, Pastor William and his congregation. Pastor William loves the mutants. Um, and well, well yeah. he doesn't want them to be discriminated against. Love might be strong. He doesn't want them to be dim- the discriminated against. And they're having this big revival in Denver. Um, and they're going to mm-hmm. come together here as we go through the book. But does anybody remember what the payoff is for this? Because there has to be something that goes after this based on the fact that, you know, a brood is obviously implanted into his wife of some sort by, you know, spoiler alert, yeah. by one of the other people there. So do you remember the payoff for this? Anybody? The only – the I next sh- time – to my knowledge, the next time the uh, brood appear is like X-Men 9 after the split but with <clears> the crossover with Ghost Rider. Okay. I think I think uh-huh. this was just a setup that the brood could be on Earth, and so mm-hmm. they didn't have to have a flying mm-hmm. shark at the start of the next brood story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the magic okay. shark's gonna get old after a while, I guess. But yeah, oh, yeah. I, and I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember this guy 
or his wife ever being heard from again. No, I don't either, um, uh, Pastor William. And, I mean, it's just a weird, like, it's, I mean, it's it's so freaking random. Oh, meanwhile, yeah. as a church revival, wait, what? You know, I mean, the characters haven't been introduced other than in here. They're, I mean, it's just weird. And his wife has the arthritis. Uh, that's how black people, yeah. by the way, say it. The arthritis, not arthritis. The arthritis. Yeah, also, we're, uh, yeah. black people also have don't have diabetes. They have sugar. Anyway. Um, <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he got sugar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. The battle is raging on on the outside in the city of Denver, I would say, and then this, this pastor's thing is out on the outskirts of town. And then again, we got the comic book battle dive bomber. Can we talk about storm, um, lifting up a whole goddamn plane? Um, where did uh, yeah. that power come from? Yeah. Um, yeah. What is her, what is her, uh, <laughs> power in the game? Amazing. Maybe. <laughs> well, is it incredible. Weather I guess control? we could say that, uh, her depowering and her repowering got her over the hump of like not being able to control her emotions and her powers, mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. she has complete control over the weather, which has made her stronger. Okay, maybe. Maybe makes some up with me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just didn't. I was like, wait, okay, dude, she just literally lifted a whole plane like a, a flying plane no lift like off the ground you know prevented it from crashing i'm like all right and then no uh, as a part hey, of well, that in too, theory, to be fair i think in theory all she has since the wings are still intact all she has to do is develop is to apply it. as much thrust yeah. as the jet the, the jet engines would and i feel comfortable in asserting that she has jet engine blowing powers okay <laughs> nice um well, as a part of that, too, um, I needed to say that Wolverine's healing factor has gotten to be out of control, not out of control, but probably more in relation to what we're used to, too. Um, he's mm-hmm. healing from things, you know, he's I mean, getting ahead of the book or whatever. He's going to be healing from things very quickly, whereas, remember, in the Mutant Massacre, he was struggling to get healed. He was laying out, and he was all laid out in this thing in Dallas as well. So, um, yeah. The third mm-hmm. shift in the book is back to Madeline Pryor. Um, with the mm. trees and the bunnies and the flowers, but it's very yeah. short-lived. Uh, I posted this last night on Twitter, uh, the picture of, like, Cyclops, uh, where we're getting to this, really kind of it seems to be a cocaine or LSD-infused <laughs> scene as well. Um, I was like, even in dreams, Cyclops is also a dick. Like, he can't, <laughs> <laughs> he can't even. Nobody not even in a dream. It, it, but basically, she's having... Yeah, she's having a dream about her perfect life. Uh, Gateway is like, yeah, your life isn't perfect. Let me show you this other reality. And uh, from the ashes comes Jean Grey. And the Cyclops is like, oh, yeah, by the way, that's my real boo. My bad. So I'm going to take everything from you. Like, oh, that's when he like snatches a- off her wig. Yeah, that's no jackpot. Snatches a wig off her. And mind you, this was before uh, wig snatching was a thing. So maybe actually. This is like early 90s, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe Cyclops is on your wig like Cyclops on Madeline Pryor, bitch. (laughs) 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 This was before wig snatching was a thing. So Cyclops was an innovator. 
in that regard. <laughs> OG. Yeah. But then the thing is, it wasn't the other panel, too. He was like, yeah, nope, can't have the baby either. Give me him, too. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I was like, this poor lady, no wonder she went to the dark side. So he takes oh, everything yeah. from her, from her lips to her eyes to her face, and then just le- and puts it on Jean Grey, and it just leaves her as a blank, naked mannequin in the middle of the street, and during the forest. And he's just like, "Yeah, it was wrong of me to turn. You know, I felt like someone had ripped out my heart when Jean died. It was wrong of me to turn to you to take her place. I never meant to hurt you. That's guy talk for you. Well, I don't really give yeah. a shit. I never meant to hurt you, but once I discovered Jean was alive, I had to go back to her. I'll never lose her again. And he should have added. Bad bitch. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty much what he just did to her. That's folks. basically what he just said, but he didn't say yeah. it. And so, boom, he leaves her. She's a freaking empty mannequin. What do you, when you, I read this, I read this twice because we were supposed to do this podcast a while ago. So I read this thing. I read it again last night. What did you think of this scene, Brother Beavis, when you read it as an adult? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out exactly what's going on, why Gateway is involved. Uh, yeah, yeah I, don't I don't know what Gateway has to do with this, but yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, mean, I think crazy. Kyle, this is all the setup for Inferno, and I don't know. Yeah, like, that's all it is. There, yeah. I think it reaches a point where somehow all this machinery that she's involved with is actually somehow some infernal machine. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. This is, yeah, it looks I mean, strange. I mean, it, again, it was probably induced by, like, LSD or cocaine or something, some sort of hallucinogen, uh, because it's such a weird scene. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, this, I mean, yeah. I know what they're trying to set up, but just overall, it's just like, what in the world were you thinking here? So, yeah, <laughs> just a weird scene. And it gets weirder, actually, when it comes back in 233 or 234 mm-hmm. uh, back in Denver. The battles rages on, and then finally, finally, Havoc gets off his, puts his big boy pants on, and it's like somebody's got the drop on Storm, and he's like, "No!" And he shoots out his blast, and he kills uh, what dive bomber? Yeah, uh, whoever. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, sure. Finally, what what do you think finally brought? I mean, not because Storm was obviously in trouble, and they were going to implant her with the brood queen egg, or whatever. But I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. Does that make Cyclops a cooler character, Sandman? Does it make Cyclops a cooler character? Or not, sorry, Havoc. But did it make, did it make right. Havoc a cooler character? It's easy to mix them up. But do you think that yeah. made Havoc a cooler character? Because when well, he, he gets the leading X-Factor, he's very cool. Yeah, yeah. They kind of redeem him at that. At this point, he's just, oh, God, he minds so much. I mean, he, is it, I don't think it makes him cooler. I think it makes him finally just functional. Because dude's got to do something. Because all because that's one of the running jokes. He's so powerful because he, uh, what is it, plasma? He, he's a blaster, uh, just like mm-hmm. we talked about earlier. He's got immense power and he never really uses it against um, uh, really uh, big uh, threats with the X Men face. He's constantly getting taken out by him. So he finally mm-hmm. uses lethal force against somebody, you know, and then he whines about it like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> for, a moment, for a little boy, like even when uh, Storm's trying to tell him, like, dude, he's gonna kill us. He's gonna kill you. And you had to, did what you had to do, and he's still freaking kneeling and and moaning about it. So I don't know. I, I, maybe they're trying to establish his character some more. But yeah, did it make him cooler, cooler, brother Beavis? Yeah. Mm, no, and they kind of they kind of like 
turning into a bitch like on the next slide, on the next page because yeah. he's yeah. like, oh, he's human now. They're like, so? Yeah. He, yeah. Like, what, what's the difference? <laughs> he wasn't a minute ago. I'm like, yeah. I, I just don't see like, why could you not hit him in the leg or the wing? I mean, he shot old boy right in the chest. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, I no. Okay. But yeah, but, but, but again, he Colossus, does. Colossus does look cooler on this page. Yeah, he does. Well, yeah, the next yeah. book he does as well. But also too, like I said, um, you know, he does make this kill. But by the time he gets to be the leader of X Factor, he's like, mm-hmm. I've always, I've always equated Havoc if X Factor kind of they did the same thing to um like Hawkeye when Hawkeye was leading the um the Thunderbolt. Yeah. Like, you took this person who was clearly, I mean, with Hawkeye, it was like, you know, kind of second banana to Cap, and then Havoc was second banana to his brother. But they really just mm-hmm. made him like a leading character, leading, you know, the leader of a team, and it made him so cool. And Havoc was that way for X-Factor. Um, well, his major storyline is coming up where when once they do actually go yeah. through the Siege Perilous, then right. he goes to Genosha, and he's Genosha, like the yeah. leader of their mutant army yeah, be, for a long time. Yeah, he, be, yeah, he becomes an enemy, actually. Um, for a while until all that all that mess gets settled finally. Yeah, so it was a while. Okay. All right, so yeah, so and then the book kind of ends on a yeah. Colossus does do that thing where he kills somebody like straight up and then throws well, the carcass at everybody. Yeah, this is yeah. sort of a throwback to where he gets his ass beat by um, Gladiator in the Phoenix Saga, where they, oh, the rebel yeah, falls on him. Yeah. Oh, he right. gets dragged out, so he's this yeah. guy, now he's finally dragging Brickbat out. So. Yeah. Yeah. It is brick bat though. Just that's why I brick bat. They just said you had something to say about two thirty three, brother Beavis. Yeah, just <clears throat> the main thing was the names. Yeah. Like, I mean, this this was like some Super Friends action where they had to like say their names before they could do everything. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's like one of the one of the one of the good things about modern comics is that. They usually start with like the roster on the first page and the backstory, so like to you know to catch you up and show you who's going to be in there, so they don't have to artificially say everybody's names. I, right. I, I think that's maybe one of the good things that's that's going on now, as opposed to everybody have to say their power, say their name before they can use yeah. their powers. Mm-hmm. You should be called Mystique. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no comment. No. Oh God. So yeah. So in two weeks, the next issue is 234. I try to pull my appy up here. Don't do this to me now. We got do two podcast this week. Well, yeah, I know. I, I jinxed myself by saying I told y'all I was going to jinx myself when I did it. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. for y'all that don't know, I told myself, hey, my app is working perfectly fine, and I mm-hmm. totally jinxed myself. Um, <laughs> oh, I, the first note I had on there was this is trying to pull up. Uh, I had. Uh, 234, maybe greatest X-Men cover ever? Yeah. It's, it's a good cover. It's a good cover. It's uh, Yeah. I think it's classic. I'm, I'm trying it. to remember the ever. last, the, wasn't, what was, I think the one where Wolverine's all cut up from the brood, isn't it? He has a cover like that. I think that's better than this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, I think this was, it's coming up, or maybe we already did it, the one where he's uh, strapped to like the Crucifix X. No, oh, that's, that's, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a big one too. And we were um, sitting here. I was thinking about there's in the Extinction Gen. I believe there's a cover with like Cyclops and Havoc blasting each other. That's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Right. Yeah. right. I don't know. Best, best cover of all time. That, that's that's a pretty high mark. I don't. I don't know. Well, I it it yeah. is um, very recognizable uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I've I think we've all probably been to a comic book store and seen that book behind the the counter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, encased yeah. in glass or whatever, because it just looks so cool. It might not be. Yeah. It might just be some place to push it. You know, because it does look so cool. Um, but the battle mm-hmm. continues, and we do get Dazzler, um, fighting in a diner in Denver, and she sucks. <laughs> I mean, look, can we just can we just get it out there? Like already, like this, this Dazzler sucks, and she does. It, the fact that she can have power at, or does have power at times, she still doesn't want to use it at certain times. Um, she's com- constantly complaining about, oh, well, can anything be easy with this team? I mean, she's just not a very likable character at this moment. And I'm not sure if she was ever a likable character at all, but she's definitely not likable in these moments. Um, and again, besides Big Hutch liking them, I don't think anybody else cares for Dazzler, at least not on this podcast. So um, not good. Does anybody want to explain the kissing couple scene? Like, is this just some artist shit no. or Chris Claremont no, stuff? It's just uh, an attempt at comedy. It's just it's just comedy. Yeah, that's yeah. all. I think she's she's fighting spitball. Um, <laughs> is the character that she's that's fighting. That's his name, with. really. And blind and oh, blindside. And blindside. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like an Autobot. <laughs> or maybe a cassette kind. I don't know. But, uh, it's just terrible. It's just yeah. terrible. Uh, I mean, again, whatever. So yeah. So there's there's the fight that's going on. Longshot makes the Robert Gibson save, and mm-hmm. then when the they gets the drop mm-hmm. on him, Colossus comes in, and Colossus is like, hey, "Stop calling me a hoe, uh, producer." You <laughs> 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 don't even say anything. <laughs> like you know what and you do. Yeah, and he's. Straight snapping necks now. Uh, so again, Colossus done got hard. You know, that's <laughs> about all time. he had to do. Yeah, I mean, it is about time. I mean, really. I mean, I mean come he's, on. <laughs> he's the most yeah. physically powerful person there. He's fought the Brood before. He should know above anybody besides Wolverine and Storm that these people ain't to be messed with, whether they're in human form or otherwise. If you suspect mm-hmm. that that person is Brood, you need to snap their necks. There is no other solution. Wolverine and Storm yeah. explained it at the end of 232. Like, there is and no his, other solution. Like, we need to do this. And his his first case of statutory rape is because of the Brood. I mean, yeah. you got that. <laughs> 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 I think about how long I've been doing this podcast back to the Secret Wars podcast. <laughs> and, oh, right. how and how awful that whole situation with Zazie was. Oh, if you haven't yeah. listened to those podcasts, it was hard. It was please hard go back and do it. Yeah, please go back and do it. Holy cow. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so uh, there's, there's just killing of brood everywhere. Storm gets a kill as well. Um, everything's going to that. And then we get the second shift in the book is back to this thing with Madeline Pryor, um, freaking Claremont still dropping acid. And <laughs> we, you know, we get this scene with, I think it was it Simney or Simmy or something Sim. like that. Yeah. Sim, where he explains all of this information to, I, I can't explain it. Brother Beavis, can you explain it, what he's no. trying to tell her? This is a dream, but it's not a dream. Yeah. Uh, he's explaining that she has these different personalities to herself, but which one is which, and he takes, like, a blood sample. And then, I mean, the money shot is that you get a, <laughs> a, 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 a picture of her laid out in a Goblin Queen outfit. 
uh, my thing was like, I hope she had on some dental dam or something with that drawing because um, we got very close to getting some coochie there. Very close. <laughs> yeah. See, <laughs> the first time that, uh, in 192 podcasts that dental dam has also been brought up on this podcast. Just to let everybody I feel know. Like, I feel like I'm going to have to read Inferno and then go look at this again to understand what's going on. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I, even it's after weird. that, I mean, I, yeah, I, I still don't know what's going on. I, I'm guessing that, you know, and first of all, Sim is like Magic's subordinate demon uh, boy from uh, um, was formerly, what, Belasco's realm, and she took it over, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so I, I don't know where even, even he came from and why he's here. Uh, so there was, there was an launched. event uh, after, so one of the filler episodes between this and Fallen Mutants was, um, with magic, who's now gone through the full dark child transformation, mm-hmm. is Sim right. is trying to get her to summon dark magic so that then somehow he can take over Limbo or some shit like that. Um, so he's mm-hmm. he's at least uh, vying for power of Limbo at this point mm-hmm. in the story. Okay, maybe it's got something to do with that then. Yeah, yeah, but he starts off, he's Belasco's bitch, and he's sort of like Belasco's muscle, but then once Ileana takes over Limbo, then he's then she rules Limbo, so he does her bidding for a while. Um, but for whatever reason, like, they're adversarial at this point in the story. I've been trying mm-hmm. to read that, but, yeah, I'd rather read Longshot than read New Mutants. It's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I'm sorry if that was, like, your favorite book, but... Uh, yeah, no, it's, yes. nobody's, it's nobody's. Yeah. <laughs> and the long shot, and the uh, New Mutants movie will be coming to a theater near you, by the way. Yeah, have fun with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So, the other shift scene is back to Denver. Um, to make a longer story short, um, he's out there postulizing, uh, uh, preaching, and the battle comes to this area here. Um, there's a big fight and a battle there. Um, Wolverine gets thrown to the ground uh, in a very hard way, but again, his mutant power starts to take like almost immediate hold. After the, it says that meteors have hit the ground uh, with less force. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, I can see where his bones didn't break, but the fact that he's up two panels later up and fighting or whatever, I'm like, I guess his you know his his healing factor is really really working very yeah. well. Um, I did have a note here about the brew driving in the car. Brother Beavis, that looks like one of our New Year's Eve nights. <laughs> Damn, for, look, look, for real? Damn. Seriously, we could change the names, but look at look at this, man. Uh, Alan, he got Rogue tried to kill him in return. Oh, brainless <laughs> Zimbo. I mean, you could really just substitute the names. But anyway, yes. um, things don't work out. They run into Colossus. He's killing everybody again. Yeah, um, I try to <laughs> I try to block out New Year's and now. And yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, as well. Yeah, we, it's not good. Um, there's yeah, a reason there's a we're grown men doing a comic book podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not, not a chance event that we're here today. There's a series of bad decisions that have led us to this moment. <laughs> that, that, that's a little harsh. <laughs> that's a little harsh. It's also, you know, I'm not saying she should. He should have killed her, but I understand. I understand exactly what you're saying. Um, 
Dazzler does get a chance to hit a kill shot, um, but she's like, but if I hit Storm, I'll kill her. I'm like, really? Oh, but, yeah. uh, it's just the female havoc. Yeah, it is a little bit, but yeah. But back to the preaching. Yeah, so Wolverine struggles on the stage after he's been thrown to the ground. Uh, the pastor, she feels him. He thinks he's got the power to cast out this demon that's inside of him. There's some great artwork here, by the way, uh, by Mark Silvestri. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, you know, and somehow he's able to, or Wolverine's a healing factor is able to expel the, you know, get rid of the, the brood egg and he goes back to normal. And then there's another chance for Havoc to kill again. And he's like, well, do it once, do it again, I guess, you know, like he didn't even <laughs> feel it the next time. And like I look said, at this, I think, look at this bitch face. Yeah, yeah. he was oh, sad. God, he is such yeah, a bitch face. Yeah. You know, I mean, Havoc is sad, man. He doesn't like killing people, but well, yeah, it, it's no. It, it's no. He did kill him though, so I, I guess I did good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But in in being in his bitch face, he almost gets killed by another freaking yeah. rude person, and Longshot has to make the Robert Gibson <laughs> again. Um, and he had to take off kinda, his vest, Jerry Lawler style, and swing. Yeah, in. Jerry Lawler style. Uh, <laughs> side topic. Uh, we just saw him at the con or whatever. Yeah, he was yeah. much more affordable than the Nature Boy. That's all yeah. we can say. Um, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Anyway, the the story starts to wrap up with the brew, the final brew dude, the the original one from the story, the paramedic. He's on stage. He's got the pastor's wife. He's gonna like kill her or whatever. Wolverine pulls him down from the back of the stage and is like, "Look, man, I don't know what's going on, dude. I swear." He goes complete like you know white victim. I I, I don't know nothing about nothing, man. I'm everything's cool, whatever. And Wolverine's like, "Yeah, no, snick and kill him." <laughs> and you know, which is awesome sequence. and great. Yeah, yeah, I love is. that panel. I love that panel. Yeah, yeah. from the pull down, you know, he's got yeah. the freaking Freddy Krueger pulling him through the door in the original Nightmare movie there. Um, just yank <laughs> and then kill, and it's perfect. You know, in the past, for all the like, times I... he's he's popped the claws or the two claws and done this move, and it's just for show. You yeah, know, finally just does it. Yeah, and it's cold too. The... It's cold. Yeah, and when the pastor's like, do I have healing powers? Like, I, you know, has the Lord blessed me or whatever? No, because his wife is not dealing with her um her arthritis anymore because she's been healed or whatever, or at least he thinks he's been healed. But it's actually the brood paramedic that was working with our original brood paramedic. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those types of scenes. Now Trish Tilby shows up in this, who is the essentially the mutant reporter. I think that mm-hmm. she also used to. Date Angel as well? Beast. Beast. Beast, okay, yeah. So she's there. I, I know she was in X-Factor a little bit more, but she does show yeah. up in this with her um, Katie Couric haircut. Um, <laughs> and then the book kind of finally turns on the final panel is Madeline Pryor laid out in blood back at the uh, the Australian complex as everybody's headed back. Uh, Wolverine does try to give Havoc some props about um, killing. You did good. Why? Because I killed? You did what had yeah. to be done. And that's supposed to make me feel proud? Yeah, nigga. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you should feel proud about that. You saved a whole bunch yeah. of people. But he doesn't. Yeah, stop, lying. He's, stop lying. Yeah, he's, yeah. Well, he's straight Charlie Brown, to be honest with you. So, yeah. Um, it is what it is. So, yeah, so that's it. And that book, like I said, it ends with Madeline Pryor all laid out there. Um, overall, what do you think? You know, the return of the brood saying, man, what do you think of that? I mean, the... Um, Three books overall, I think it was a very uh, pretty good uh, story, considering it's kind of filler, you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. 
minus the, the thing with Madeline, I didn't understand it like 20 years ago when I read this shit. And <laughs> I just damn sure don't understand it now. Uh, what you were talking about earlier when um, Cyclops in the fever dream she has kind of strips her down. That shit is cold now. When I read it, I was like, God damn. damn. <laughs> I read that again. That kind of struck me. It's like, well, no wonder this bitch hates him so much. So, yeah. I kind of understood that a little more now. <laughs> yeah, I I think Brother Beavis has said on a previous podcast, is like, you know, looking back, reading this psycho stuff, maybe he was just a dick always, and we just didn't see it. <laughs> I yeah. think that's it. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the thing, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Brother Beavis, um, like, what do you think, you know, 20 years later, what's that look like, uh, you know, the return of the brood? Uh, like, like I said, I think it, it was so much work to bring him into the story back when they first brought him in. I really think this was this was just a move to sort of, make it so they were available. I don't think they, ultimately they didn't end up using them a whole lot, but I think it was just to sort of get them a little bit more accessible. And it, it, I don't know if this is like a, you know, a change in the creative team or, you know, that they needed this or because they went to uh, biweekly or whatever, but, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. a solid three issue kind of story arc that, you know, they, they advance the main story and this just sort of, you know, brings in, it's perfectly serviceable story with some good action um, you know, trying to, you know, they haven't, this, this doesn't sort of establish much of what they were going for as far as this strike team out of Australia that can teleport mm-hmm. into trouble and stuff like that. But right. you know, it's, it's, it's good. Okay. It's kind of thinking, you know, about tying it into like the movies or whatever, you know, it probably wouldn't be the worst thing for the X-Men movies and Fox to take a like an X-Men story and have like an alien invasion to see everybody use their powers and those types of things and fight as a team as opposed to just having Wolverine hack and slash or whatever. You know what I mean? Like instead of yeah. constantly be fighting against other mutants, you know, having the team come together to fight against a a menace in their universe where the where the Avengers would show up, which is kind of like how it is in the comic books it wouldn't be like the worst thing and you couldn't get a better looking villain that people could cheer against than the brute, you know, instead of retelling right. a Phoenix story or retelling, you know, whatever, another Magneto story. It's just like, Oh God, <laughs> you know, it's a, an established villain that people know that would look great on film that they could come back, you know, their Chitari to come back and beat up and, you know, and get everybody get offense on and have a story behind it. But I think the danger would be it would look derivative of the alien. Alien, exactly. Which is a total ripoff of the aliens. Well, it is a total ripoff yeah, of aliens. It is. But, I mean, you, you could redesign them. But I, I, mean, I understand exactly what you're saying. So, yeah, it's, it's weird. All right. Yeah. So, that is 232 to 234. Our other little topic here, I guess two weeks ago now, as a part of X Resurrection, they brought uh, another team. So they <laughs> well, there was X Men Blue and X Men Go, which we reviewed on a previous podcast, um, mm-hmm. and then we re kind of reacquainted ourselves with it, kind of at the maybe five or six issue point, mm-hmm. and those are on like issue eight. But then, as a part of this reacquaintance, because X Men Blue is the orig- original time time displaced team. X-Men Gold is more of like the classic new X-Men, uh, giant-sized X-Men team, and which is great. You know, you got those two different teams, but then you also have like all the, essentially the 90s mutants were all missing from those books. It was like, okay, uh, like where's Gambit? Where's Psylocke? Where's um, uh, 
uh, gambit where you know, yeah, rogue. Like, mm-hmm. where are these people that I kind of you know remember from the the X Men cartoon show? Where are those people, and why aren't they in a book? You know, so they're not a part mm-hmm. of like the Wolverine thousands of books or whatever, whatever uh, Weapon X book. And so this is their their book, which is Astonishing X Men number one, which came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, and we're just getting a chance, like I said, to talk about it. Uh, so I know uh, Brother Beavis and I had a chance to read it. Sandman's going to catch, catch up here as it goes. So just looking at the cover, Brother Beavis, what did you think about the team? Does that make you want to read this book or no? Um, other than the fact that Old Man Logan is figured prominently, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm not a Phantom X fan yeah. because, uh, well, for obvious reasons. He sucks. I, yeah. I, could, I could do without Mystique, but she's a strong mm-hmm. enough character. And, you know, if this is if this is an attempt to legitimize Jennifer Lawrence's role in future X-Men movies, I can't get behind mm. that. But, yeah, I mean, Bishop, Rogue, Psylocke, Gambit, those yeah. are, yeah, those they've been definitely been missing from the X-Men books. Right. Yeah, the, sto- the story centers around uh, an attack on uh, telepaths. Um, telepaths are being attacked. Uh, Psylocke winds up getting attacked. You know, we have Psylocke in her, not in her Raven uniform, back into the ninja <laughs> uniform that we are quite familiar with. And um, she gets attacked. She winds up having to manifest her big butterfly power or whatever. And uh, she sends out a distress call to whichever X-Men that are closest. And so as the team is Bishop, Old Man Logan, Rogue, Gamut, Phantom X, uh, Beast lines up there for some reason, and Angel, who is not Archangel anymore, he's powered down back to Angel again. And I'm not sure if I understand why. Doesn't have the flaming. Yeah, doesn't have the flaming. It's like he has this. It's they they made him sound like the Hulk, like he has to keep Archangel inside. Yeah, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Archangel is not the Hulk. Um, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, and, and you know, and that's the other thing too. It's like nobody gives a damn about freaking art. I know. Either. Like, I know. yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, trying to make a story where you're going to make him into some version that's cool or that you care about is really kind of that's uh, that's some wishful thinking. Um, Gambit's not in his Jughead uniform, so that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> and they. <laughs> What do you think about the art in this, Brother Beavis, too? Like, I, I found the cover to be weird because of the faces, but then on the in some someone on the inside panels, I was like, oh, okay, this looks pretty cool. But well, some of the I, other stuff... I think there's a lot of artists. Like, Jim Chung, I guess, did the was the penciler, but they had three different anchors and two different uh, oh, colorists. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, wow. There's some of it that's good. Like, um... Like, particularly the drawing of Bishop is almost like, you know, it's so, like, angular. His face mm-hmm. is like his cheekbones. It's almost like Kubert-esque. The right. Archangel part's mm-hmm. good. I mean, it's, some of it's really good. I, some of it, meh. As compared to blue and gold, you know, kind of what you're thinking on this, my thought process is, it's like if you, it depends on when you started reading X Men to me. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're like a, somebody that enjoyed like X Factor, the original X Factor, and you enjoy the old team, you'll probably enjoy X Men Blue, you know, because it'll feed you kind of what you want. 
And if you're a giantized X-Men person, you'll probably enjoy X-Men Gold minus the Kitty Pride crap. Um, and you'll probably enjoy that book more. I was like, but if you grew up kind of reading the books or not even reading the books and watching the X-Men the animated series, this is probably the book that you would want to read because it's the characters you're most familiar with. Mm-hmm. And it also, like, with Gold, you know, you've got, they're really hammering the mutants or the minority story. Um, and with Blue, there's this mystery, mystery of, like, who, what's Magneto's role, and now they've got a new Wolverine in it. This is just yeah. sort of like a straight-up X-Men book where they're doing their, their power team-ups and, uh, you know, they, they confront a classic villain at the end. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this, this is just like a straight-up X-Men book. Right, and and I think mm. that's probably appealed to me more than the two other books. I think I'm, I mean, just side topic. I'm like completely out of X Men Gold. Like I can't do the Kitty Focus book. It's just not for me. X Men Blue, uh, yeah. There's a new Wolverine from an alternate ter- uh, reality. So you have a Wolverine essentially on every team, which is just it's just too much. Like I and just can't old, take it. Old Man Logan yeah. is on two. Teams? Oh, yeah. he's on yes, the, he's on he's on astonishing yeah. and he's on gold. That makes no sense. Yeah. And also well, a part of weapon and also part of the weapon When they put him in the mix yeah, I shook my head. It's like, why did you do that? Come on. <laughs> the thing is, like, why why fucking kill him off if you're gonna put him in every book? Exactly. Like, either, either be done with him or keep him in, but don't be done with him and then bring him back and put him in everything. He's so <laughs> old, he can't heal. But he's got time to be in four books. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't make right. any sense. You man. can have an X Men story without somebody with claws and a healing factor. It'll be fine. Right. Well, and this also speaks to what I've been saying since uh, Logan the movie came out. That does Fox have the nuts balls to make Laura? the Wolverine, air quotation, of the movies moving forward. No. And they don't. They do no. not have the sack to do that. They won't do it. because Not for, not for long, no. No, that's, no that's not for at all. That no, happened that's... in that book, and that, uh, that happened in that movie, and that's all you're going to see of that little girl. Rightfully or wrongly, or however you feel about the character, they do not have the ball sack to be like, you know what, this is our Wolverine moving forward. And even though she has a prominent role in the books, they're not going to be. They won't do it because they don't want to mess with their the the franchise. Because this is why yeah. he's in freaking three different books and a solo. He's got four freaking books out. He's fucking Spider Man. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. just bad. Uh, but yeah, as Brother Reeves brought up, they do confront a classic X Men villain. Uh, I kind of was like, eh, there's so. an interracial kiss in here too. Yeah, you know what? And Bishop is shook too. <laughs> Like, hey, like, yeah. yeah, he's like, I assumed as soon as I kissed a white woman, I would be shot in the back. <laughs> Just give me a minute. Like, I'm not used to this. Like, uh, okay. Uh, I don't think Bishop has, I mean, he's probably has in some of these books when I wasn't reading, like, he's had, like, a romantic relationship. with definitely with nobody on the X-Men. Uh, well, they were, they were, they were sort of angling him towards Storm at one point, but that was yeah. just sort of, like, a little bit of story that was like a little bit of like tease just so they could carve forge out of the way. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's had anything. Well, where is Bishop Tim, by the way? Did they, they, where do they bring him back from? 
I remember looking He was just hanging out in a library in this book, and so it wasn't like he was someplace else. He was. <laughs> so if we remember, like, so he was on, uh, I believe he was, he sold out the X-Men in Civil War mm-hmm. because he was on the side of registration. Yeah. Um, then after, uh, like, M-Day, he was part of like the militant, like X Men, like the like the mutant police. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they mm-hmm. had like started to form the XSE, which was the the future time cop version that he would, you know. So he's been doing stuff like that. I think he might have been on one of the the X Men Avengers team, whatever the Unity Squad yeah, or whatever. I think, I think he yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so he's been I around. Think- yeah, and Rogue it was on like the A team or whatever. They all event all yeah. uh Lady X Men team and she was also part of an Avengers team as well. Oh the other um, thing too we should say is so they they use this full name, which is Lucas Bishop. Lucas. And I'm like yes. you uh, like how many male Lucas? black villains male black heroes are there and they're all named Lucas. Lucas. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's either Lucas or Bill. And yeah. if you're Bill, it doesn't go well for you. No, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast topic, too, uh, about yeah. freaking him yeah. being put into uh, Ant-Man yeah. and uh, wow. Wasp. He's going to die. Um, mm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So, no, yeah. they're not that stupid. <laughs> oh. Well, there's 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 some that stupid. I yeah, I don't know about that. that. Marvel might um, so yeah, so the, the, Brother Beavis brings up that they confront an, a classic X Men villain. I wasn't altogether like happy about that because I just don't care for that villain all that much. But it's understood why they did it, uh, especially because we're going to spoil this because it's been out for a few weeks now. So if you haven't read it, that's on you. Um, um, and they they confront the Shadow King uh, because as a, the Shadow King's attacking the telepaths. When Betsy's able to be kind of saved from what's happening to her, she tells them that they're going to have to go to the astral plane to confront the Shadow King, and she picks the team that's going to wind up going. She leaves Bishop off that team, uh, and Angel, who would be useless, going to do anything. Well, she uh, doesn't <laughs> pick the team. This was this was annoying to me. Like they all have to opt in or out. Like yeah, you know, back in the day, Cyclops would have been like, you, 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 let's go, everybody else yeah. stay here, make sure Angel mm-hmm. doesn't get killed. I mean, that would have been like... <laughs> but they have to decide, look, I'm going with you. Well, I'm not going if you're going. I'm like, God, this is like two yeah. pages of a show off the WB here before they decide to go. <laughs> <I'm> yeah. Like, <laughs> and Phantom wow. X is kind of pointless, too. Just an yeah. awful character. He's uh, like... He's so so, so 90s. You know, we have like the quintessential, like some of the quintessential 90s characters like Gambit. Gambit will always be like what what adult writers think kids think is cool, right? And, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. Phantom X is a product of the 2000s, which is like mm. completely ambiguous moral code, completely yeah. ambiguous powers. Yeah. Always, you know, it's just like he's just as bad in a way. He's, he's, he's the cable. 2000s cliche character. Yeah, um, he's, ca- he's Cable, the cable from the 90s. Characters. Yeah, agreed. Um, mm. So, yeah, so... They go to the astral plane to confront uh, the Shadow King. She tells him, as soon as you're there, he's going to know that you're there. And he's like, ooh, I got company, essentially. Uh, it's a great oh, shot of boy. the Shadow King like in the when they come onto the astral plane, though. It's a great drawn shot of him. Um, I didn't and know he, then he starts, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he starts <laughs> talking 
to an unknown person that, you know, you don't see until the final panel. And this is going to bring out a discussion here to the person that he has chained up here in the actual plane is Professor Xavier. Um, So uh, Xavier is back, air quotations, and um, he's been gone for a while since Cyclops killed him. Uh, as a whole another story, too. Uh, uh-huh. So the return, you didn't read the book, Sandman, but Return of Xavier, like how does that make you feel in any way, shape, or form? I mean, we all knew he was going to come back eventually. I mean, this is comic did books, we? say. Yeah, we did. Um, eh, I mean, I'm like, yeah, it was going to happen sooner or later. I'm just going to be really entertaining to see how the hell they're going to bring him back. Uh, like where the hell does he always get these extra bodies just hanging around? Because um, yeah, I mean, I mean, but if you look at the Shadow King, I mean, he's almost he, he and Xavier are pretty much the same person. When he's just evil as hell, mm-hmm. but uh, so I mean, he's always coming back. So yeah, I mean, we knew this was going to happen. They, I'm surprised they held off this long, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, that's not a surprise to me at all. Are you saying are you brother Beavis? Because I, I mean, I, I think him being in the books is really a detriment to the character one and to the X-Men at this point. Like I really do. Like I, he literally serves no purpose at this yeah, point. Yeah. I, I think in, this, in that way though. And, yeah. yeah. And yeah. in this, as we've gone through all this, I think we've all observed that the books are like worse when he's in there. And like, mm-hmm. you know, when he's tried to figure out what his role is, whether he can or can't walk or whatever, like everybody else kind of, it's always like awkward when he's around. They're more mm-hmm. functional when he's gone. They don't like they don't need the mentor, and that's the thing is like he was fine when it was teaching a class of kids, but now, uh, you know, these are grown ass mutants. They don't they don't mm-hmm. really need him. So yeah, I, but it's almost like inevitable. It's almost like they can't they can't stop bringing back Jean Grey. They can't stop bringing back um, Professor Xavier. So yeah, it's just part of the book. Yeah, I I, I was definitely like kind of over it. Like when I saw that was the reveal, I kind of saw online. It was like, oh, you know, people were teasing it, but not, you know, actually saying what it was. And I was just like, I don't know. I was hoping it was going to be somebody else. I just don't think the character really serves any real purpose at this point. You know, as again, he is a relic of the, you know, hey, we're fighting for mutant rights. Uh, but like you have this whole society of people who are have powers that aren't hated. So I think his whole dream and his whole process is. If, it, if that's not a point of the book anymore, which it shouldn't be, he shouldn't be around. And they play on that aspect probably a little too much for me anymore, but he still shouldn't be around. Like, there's just no point of having Xavier around. So unless he can walk and he's going to do something else that has to be with involving walking, then he shouldn't be around anymore. So, yeah, yeah. So don't, don't, just, don't just come back and talk about the dream again. You know, if, like, yeah. if he came back and said, like, look, I realized that wasn't going to work, but now I'm going to do this. You know, have given yeah. some growth rather than just lock mm-hmm. him into this cycle, right? Or, or right. make him uh, a subordinate on the team. You know, yeah. I'm not sure that wouldn't work. Like, huh. yeah, that'd be different. Maybe, okay. maybe they'll, maybe they'll. So, I would guess that the storyline here is that when he was killed, he separated his astral body, but then when he appeared on the astral plane, he was imprisoned by the Shadow King, so he hasn't been able mm-hmm. to come back. Maybe they'll like get some teenager and put his put him in there so he can be like <laughs> he can be like the 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 kitty pride of the team and be the oh, teenage no. bitch uh, to always yeah. have to be rescued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I hope not. Oh, good lord. Yeah. Um, that Nobody needs me that. Comics. That stopped me reading comics. <laughs> um, okay, so if you were going to be getting a monthly, would um, would this one of the three of the new X team books, which one would be the one that you would consistently go to? Uh, I think <clears throat> so. If if I felt like Blue had a story to tell, or if I kind of knew where that was going, um, I could put that in the running. But it, to me, it's like, you know, this is this is sort of a throwback, astonishing is sort of a throwback book. But if it's just mm-hmm. to sort of rehash and and sort of be a reflection of what we've already read, then mm-hmm. you know that that could get old, you know. So. If astonishing sort of if you figure out what the direction is and that seems cool, then I could get behind that. But blue, you know, from the five or so issues that I read, felt like, you know, there was something to something to going on there. I don't know that I was mm-hmm. on board with the evolution of the five characters or the introduction of of James Hudson or whatever he was, but yeah. but mm-hmm. but it would be between those two. Okay. Okay. Sandman, you can get like I said, you can get a chance to read Astonishing, but you know, yeah, kind of from what we're talking about, is there one that um, you would stick out more to you? If from from the sound of it, I mean, I would give uh, Astonishing a try, but um, um, I am actually more attracted to the um, was it is it X Men Blue with the original team? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, just because I just think it's an excuse for them to reboot Cyclops for one, because they screwed it up so yeah. screwed him up, mm-hmm. screwed him up so bad, and two to have aging Gray in the damn universe because that's another thing they um, had to bring her back to. You, you're talking about Professor X; they have to bring her back yeah. to always. Yeah. So, but it is an opportunity to, to kind of like um, light them. I mean, this is exactly what any um, editor wants: you know, younger X Men, just like. They've um, screwed up Peter Parker with that um, brand new day bullshit. They, all they wanted to do was renew him and get right. him younger so they could write stories for him. But mm-hmm. that being said, I would be um, curious about the direction they use with him. Um, and <laughs> I don't know what, uh, where they're going to go with it, too. Maybe that's uh, part of the reason that kind of attracts me to it, too. So that's what I would do. Yeah, yeah I, I was I was definitely a blue person over gold. Um because of the, my anti-Kitty Pride hate, and uh, now with the that Wolverine character, I'm like, nope, I can't do with Blue anymore. And so now I was like, well, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm leaning towards astonishing. Even after one issue, even though I wasn't happy with the Shadow King as the villain, like it's just rehashing old stories and old villains. But uh, I, I'm, I'm more comfortable with this team and where that book is headed. So um, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm more on board with with James Hallett or Hudson, whatever he is, than old man Logan. Right. <laughs> I mean, if I have to read a book like Wolverine in it, I just assume have that one. Yeah. yeah. If you saw the last issue, I don't know if you did or not, like his costume is essentially like Wolverine and Sabretooth all together, which uh, makes me throw up. Uh, <laughs> I'm picturing so, it right now and it's not good. Yeah, yeah it's going to make you want to throw up. This is not fun. So, um, Okay. All right, so that'll wrap up uh, Thursday Night Comic Book Chat, uh, Brothers Comics. Um, remember, you'll be able to find this podcast and other podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Um, rate, review, subscribe. Um, not a lot, whole brothers. 
Brothers Comics Business, uh, you'll be able to catch out Podcast 67, which we recorded this past weekend from Brothers Comics, where Big Hutch um, describes his time at Comic-Con, uh, and um, I describe what happened at Supercon and at not at Comic-Con. Um, you can catch up on the um, Game of Thrones podcast. We just recorded, we've recorded three episodes for that. Uh, if you want to, uh, last episode was called um, Going Out Like a G. Uh, if you watch Game of Thrones, you know exactly what we're talking about. Um, and there's uh, probably one of the funniest podcasts we've ever recorded, to be quite honest. Yeah, it is. Uh, I've, I've probably listened to it as much as I've listened to any other podcast because it's just uh, pretty hilarious. Uh, but, yeah, you can check that podcast out. Uh, you can check out the I think we're going to try and get the new one on Sunday. I think we're gonna try yeah, the, yeah, which, again, eliminates me, which I'm perfectly okay with. Um, but... Yeah, I, I should say I, I much much prefer riding bitch rather than driving these things. Uh, I do have to say the podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work. It does have it. Yeah, it does have its moments. Uh, I agree, uh, and uh, and I will say to you, I am perfectly fine. Like sitting back and like, oh, this is cool. I didn't have to write these jokes. Yeah, I have to write all these jokes. So. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you can check all those podcasts out. If you're a football fan, you can check out our Cincinnati Bengals Who Day Over 40 podcast. There's a lot going on. Lots of cons coming up here soon. Uh, Dragon Con, Baltimore's uh, City Comic Con, uh, New York City Comic Con, possibly Dragon Con. I I posted a little earlier. I got an email from Dragon Con this morning or this afternoon. So I'm like, hey, we still have some press passes available after you already told me no. I'm going to reapply again. Don't tell me no again. I'm going to be pretty upset. So, uh, yeah, it's not going to be a happy time. Yeah, we could be getting into some Ted Kaczynski type shit. We still have a football if you want to try and kick it. You know what? (laughs) That said that, I probably did get that thing pulled away from me. So, uh, now I'm mad. Dang it, don't do that. So, anyway, yeah. So, (laughs) so, yeah, that wraps up, uh, again, the Thursday Night Comic Book Chat. Um, As, uh, let's see, let's use the X-Men animated series music as the X-Men animated series music takes us out. Uh, we are going to wrap up. Uh, so, Sandman, go ahead and say goodnight to all the party people. All right. So, I know our fellow mutants. We will see you next time. All right. And, Brother Beavis. Yeah, I'll see you next time from the island of Genosha, I think. Ooh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. We're going to Genosha before we head to uh, the Inferno. So, yeah, looking forward to that. All right, you guys. Y'all take it easy. Peace. Peace. Peace.